we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Okay, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuckinistas? What the fucknicks? What the fuckologians? And what the fuckamolins? How you like that? Man, I'm mixing it up. This is Mark Marin. This is WTF. This is fucking WTF. So fuck you if you can't take it. Sorry, got an edge on. I'm, you know, I'm not good at insult comedy. Uh, not good at it. I got Lisa Lampanelli on the show today. She is the queen of mean, if you don't know her. She is the, the new hot-rotted uh, postmodern version of the insult comic. Menacing, my friends. Menacing. Uh, we will talk to her in a second. I actually have a story about her, but before I get to that, can I just tell you what I did when I got, here's how much I want to avoid my life and my work. I've got a book to finish. I've got things to do. I'm doing this. I have to do this. I enjoy doing this, but sometimes I'm scraping to figure out what the fuck to do. So here's what I did when I got home after being very busy and having a lot of things to do. Oh, look, hey, it's a Costco catalog. I wonder if there's anything I need in there. Oh, my, there is. What am I going to do? I'm going to cut some coupons out. When did I become an old Jewish woman? Could somebody please tell me when I became an old Jewish woman? I'm sitting in my uh, kitchen at my kitchen table. If I had one, let's make it the dining room table because that's where it was. I just picture someone cutting coupons at a kitchen table with a slightly... um, confused and, and despairing look on their face, perhaps with uh, curlers in or or maybe some other perm type of thing going on on their head, perhaps smoking a, a, a cigarette in a house coat. So I just captured myself in drag in 1962. So that's who I was. I was there cutting coupons out for vitamins. Is that my future? Or was I just doing that to avoid doing other things? The amount of things that I can do to avoid other things is fascinating. Uh, fix some fluorescent lighting in my laundry room, my very small, you know, sadly cracking addition that someone put on my house where that houses my washer and dryer has uh, old style fluorescent lighting in it. So uh, spent a few hours doing that, avoiding writing, avoiding me, uh, avoiding eating. Uh, so that's that's who I'm becoming. Oh, this is something that I noticed uh, that, you know, obviously denial is powerful. Uh, but some people think necessary, a necessary survival tool because we can't walk around screaming in terror all the time. But uh, I I was just, I think I come upon something. Perhaps a psychologist has written on it before. Perhaps somebody uh, of a loftier uh, heading than I have on business cards that I don't own. I don't have Mark Marin PhD. I don't have Mark Marin uh, um, DR. I don't have DR Mark Marin, no PhD, no DDS. I'm not a dentist, no uh, CPA, no nothing. I got Mark Marin WTF. That's my that I should make those business cards, but as if it was actually a degree of some kind. I have a degree in what the fuck. But nonetheless, I'm on an airplane and I'm doing my work, tweeting a little bit, but also working, putting my book together, and I realize, holy fuck, I'm on an airplane sitting next to a stranger and I am sitting still for a five hour chunk of time actually doing my work. That means that 
I'm fighting the urge to talk to this person. I'm maintaining personal boundaries because I don't want to talk to that person. I'm in a tube made out of aluminum or some alloy flying hundreds of miles an hour through the air, which should be terrifying, but I put that on hold. I'm not uh, running around or distracting myself with other things. I'm, I'm getting shit done, and it seems like a fairly productive state. And I realized that I had plain brain. Plain brain enables you to have healthy personal boundaries, to mind your own fucking business, to sit still and focus for five hours, and to completely put aside the fact that you should be terrified for your life. Plain brain. I'm applying it to my life right now. I'm also working out in my head and eating better in my head. That that hasn't made it into reality yet, but that's all going to happen. So Lisa Lampanelli is here, and I'm excited about it because... Look, I've talked about the Chevy Chase roast before. It was one of the worst nights of my life, but it was the best night of hers, and she fucking nailed it. She killed it, and I think it was a turning point of her career. It's not easy to do insult comedy, and think what you will of it or what you think of it or whether or not you think it's wrong or racist or inappropriate or just abusive. It is a type of comedy that is its own form. And she happens to be very good at it. I remember walking into a Lisa Lampanelli show in Vancouver, Canada. And uh, I didn't know what to expect. I hadn't seen her in years. I knew her when she was teaching stand-up comedy. uh, And she was just an angry person. Uh, And I walk into this room and it's Lisa in a huge dress, you know, owning the stage. The place was packed and it was menacing. There was an electricity of of moral bankruptcy in the air. Just uh, the electricity of what the fuck is going on in here. Of this seems wrong, but why is everyone having such a good time? Why am I all jacked up? She's a powerful performer. And I was very impressed because I really had not experienced that type of energy in a live comedy situation uh, since I used to see Kennison perform. Look, the reason I can't be an insult comic is because I don't really insult people that well unless I feel like I'm backed into a corner or that they are they don't like me or that I need to make an impact, which is most of the time. But when I have to stand up in front of people and construct insults, I, I don't do it well. There's a tone to roasting. There's a tone to insult comedy that is not that easy to do. Look, if I'm reacting to something, I can be insulting as fuck. I can make I, I make girls cry. Uh, I can hurt people's feelings. I can be dismissive. I'm not proud of any of that because it happens almost as a reaction. It's almost involuntary. It's a it's a it's a response to a threat that probably isn't there. They can be funny, but they can be hurtful. To ride the line with insult comedy and to not be hurtful is a skill that I don't quite have. I mean, that was one thing that became very apparent at that Chevy Chase roast, is that if I'm not full of anger and focused on hurting somebody, I'm not good at insults. And those can be funny, uh, but you know, but they are painful. It's just it's a very delicate balance to to do it right. And, and I don't have that. Uh, Lisa Lampanelli does. So I'm thrilled to talk to her, and why don't we do it? Why don't we talk to the queen of mean, uh, Lisa Lampanelli? I can't believe I'm going to be uh, sitting here smoking cigars with uh, Lisa Lampanelli. I think that's the way to... It's the only way to do it. Yeah, that's the way to do the interview. Mm. You can, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> I just Don't burn the mic. Yeah, you're gonna have to replace the mics. <laughs> well, shit. I'm so uh, I'm very happy that you were able to make it over. 
Me too. I mean, uh, how crazy is that? Well, the funny thing is, is that like I, I feel like I get this a lot when I when I have comics. I feel like I've known you for a long time. I feel like uh, we've kn- like you knew who I was, and there was a time in your life. <laughs> Where there was a time in your life where I used to look in your eyes and I thought there was so much rage in there that it frightened me. <laughs> but I'm like the nicest person in the world. Right. No, I don't, I'm now. I'm such a baby. I at everything. Yeah. But you can tell me you weren't angry then. I mean, I remember when you Maybe were- Maybe I was because I was- uh, You were teaching stand-up. Well, because what had happened was I didn't even come into New York City until I'd been doing comedy about almost 10 years already mm-hmm. on the road, like headlining on the road. So I kind of knew a little. I was just make, doing it for extra income. Right. But it was like, I felt like you always, you were always unique and you were always fucking, I always remembered the fact that I was like, I found you a little frightening and very mm-hmm. honest and incredibly fucking raw, right. that there was always a little bit, there was something menacing. You know what? I have a little <laughs> bit of uh, pain, which is masked as anger, like all of us, I'm sure. Sure. But they, you always it, intimidated the shit out of me. Is that what it was? Oh, here's the problem. Here's my fucking problem with you. Uh-huh. This is Mark Maron. Uh-huh. It's fucking 11 o'clock. It's stand-up New York. You're yeah. probably at your eighth spot of the night. Mm-hmm. I'm at my second or something. I'm emceeing, and I go up to you to find out your intro, what I could say about you, and you're so smart and you're reading a smart book. It was never a fucking stupid book. <laughs> I always read stupid books, like girl novels, chiclet, but you'd be reading like Nietzsche or some shit. <laughs> That's and I go, I can't even ask him what his intro is. I'm just going to go up and say he reads smart books not to have to talk to anybody who comes in the comedy club. Because it seemed like you never wanted to talk to anybody. Oh, come on. Really? I was so scared of you, totally intimidated by you. My friend Kirsten Ames, who you're yeah. friends with, said, Mark's the greatest. I will help him with his yeah. one man show. I go, well, he seems like a fucking dick to me. So I have no idea. And, and you like you isn't may, that scary? Well, you may have seemed like a dick to me. Maybe, I know. And I mean, the, we just frightened each other. The difference is, I'm not. Oh, oh <laughs> no, see, no. You, there's the style. No, here I just got one. Yeah. What I like about you, Mark Marin, yeah. is you are very smart, and I feel like I was always felt unworthy to talk to people like you. Even though I'm smart on paper and I have good degrees from good colleges, yeah. I always felt like ah, these Mark Marins and Louis CKs and them. I'm just not in that league. But you do have a degree, don't you? Yes. That, but, in well, what? Well, um, I am a journalism major well, that, what is at that? Syracuse University. I went to Columbia for teaching. That's a more practical degree than I am a fucking <laughs> English major. <laughs> From where? With a film criticism minor at well, Boston University. You're talking Columbia and Harvard. I know, what you- I know. But you know what it was? I was still intimidated by you guys. You guys were so smart. Like but you, you did could- smart, witty comedy. You didn't just call people cunts. No, but you could kick all our asses. And you know, you were talking about <laughs> real shit. I mean, I think for the mo- what for the first first 10 years of your career you were talking about fucking black guys well no that was probably second 10 years (laughs) (laughs) and that's the thing i was talking to somebody on a a different podcast and i said am i always going to be the chick who fucked the black guys he goes you're grandfathered into the black cock university right and you're stuck that's it he goes but you did invent that so that's something to be really proud of well i thought when you first did it wasn't like a one-person show and before you became you know more insult oriented it really seemed that uh that was the really what you talked about well it was fun because i had a black boyfriend for three years right so i figure well we talk about our real life so i'm going to talk about the colored guy why yeah. wouldn't i yeah. you know and right. he was good enough that he let me yeah you know he was very cool like yeah. he'd come to the shows and be if there was no blacks he'd sit in the front and pretend which was really nice because sometimes <laughs> we didn't let the black he was in. your shill he was yes. your, he was your cock and your shill <laughs> Both. it was funny at the montreal comedy festival yeah. auditions he actually had to sit in the front and i go listen motherfucker i pay the rent you get down front and you laugh like you're a black <laughs> i said make it happen girl so and now that i graduated to whitey yeah. i can't live it down i married a white guy it's still no good how, how am i gonna do it's still no good uh, come yeah, on you love I, it how, <laughs> how how what i mean was that really a thing for you though you only dated 
black guys mm-hmm. for a long time? Yeah, for like five years, I would say. Because Daryl was, as I said, my black boyfriend for three years. But um, I did find, and this is no joke, that these black guys back in those days, seven, eight years ago, loved a bigger bitch. Yeah. Like right now, they're with the skinny white ones in the So Asians. you're out? You're I'm the, totally the, out. The Lampanelli version is I, out? Totally out. I had uh. to go back to whitey. Oh. So I did talk about that a lot in my act. Why not? And then because of the roasts were the problem. People would pick on that on the roast. So right. now it's like, that's what they talk about. Right. Now my white husband's like, what the fuck? When are they going to stop with that shit? I'm going, you better be happy they're talking about that because they leave you alone. <laughs> so shut up about it. Oh, does he really get pissed off though? Uh, I mean, he gets on a someone... little annoyed. Definitely. I would too. Because yeah. like, I'm the type. I write for Playboy. I have a monthly column. My last one was called Don't Ask, Don't Tell, Don't Show Me Pictures of the Bitch. Because yeah. I like to feel like I seen your dick fresh off the assembly line sure. right out of the plastic. Yeah. I'm the first one. It was all a bad dream before me. Uh-huh. So he didn't like hearing about these blacks. Sure. Yeah. So I, I get it. I yeah. understand it. Yeah. I guess it could kind of kind of bother a guy. Well, we're the, like, I don't know that anybody or myself included knows where you come from. See, I mm. always make this assumptions based on what I believe people to be. I thought you came from a, like, a working class Italian family where <laughs> yeah. people were throwing shit at well, each that's other. that's true. That's true. Is it? We weren't working class. Yeah. We were probably lower middle class. Like, my father probably earned 50 grand at yeah. Sikorsky what do you Aircraft. Do? Oh, it's Sikorsky Aircraft? Yeah. My mother was a, uh, first she was a crossing guard with the police. Like, she'd cross the little kids. Then she got promoted to type in the arrest records in uh-huh. her hometown. So she'd look up all the guys I was dating to make sure they didn't have a record, and they always did. <laughs> So she, and she quit right before I started dating black guys. Mm-hmm. So that was bad timing on her part, if I may say. <laughs> she could have given you a real heads up. Hell yeah! So no, so we're, they were just working stiffs. But you know, my they were pretty smart. Like you got brothers degrees. and sisters. Yeah, I got an older sister. Yeah, uh, she has two kids. She's yeah. a teacher. Yeah, my brother works for ESPN, uh-huh. and he's got six kids. All six by, kids, all by choice. Really? I know. Weird, Did, right? Now are they both uh, you know angry and uh, no, you no, know, no? My yelling? sister, my sister's always yelling. I'm yeah. the quiet one. I'm serious. Stop I it. always say I am the quiet one of my family. I Jimmy met my family and he's yeah. like, You're demure. Oh my to those god. But my brother's like the coolest one. He's yeah. just a chill. He's a regular yeah. guy. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody gets along. Yeah, but my bro- my mom was the rageaholic growing up. That really? was the whole problem. That's how I got rageful. Really? And eating and all this and like, that. What, what do you mean? She's just, like, oh my god, you didn't know what you were going to get when you came home. She'd either be screaming and yelling or cooking sauce and being happy. Oh yeah. So you didn't know what it was like living with an alcoholic. So either you, you were rage. eating or crying. One of the uh, same as my life now. <laughs> <laughs> I have not changed that much. I have not grown up. But was, yes. but it was she wasn't alcoholic. Was she just just bi- rage, dude, and eating? We yeah. had the eating thing. I I have both of those things. Eating I have and rage, rage and rage. Yeah. Uh, it sucks. But you know what? I'm kind of a rager too because I was telling you before I own this house on property at this Canyon Ranch, right? Yeah. And it's like this spiritual you've hell spot. Ri- you're living it. I'm fucking rich. Well, I, so but... now, <laughs> now here's the deal. Did, about you, ever, did you assume no, that was going to happen? Never. I, mean, I always I... said if I earn 1500 a week for the rest of my life as a comic, I'll just be happy to be doing comedy. And then things blow up. I, you know, I like that. I was there the night it happened. But which go one? ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah, can so, you uh, so, so I- Which uh, one? Listen to you. But which time? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm okay, curious what yeah. you're talking about. No, but um, so I have a house on this property and I'm like, oh, you spent a week there. You're all chill. You're all Buddhist. You're all come out of the place. 
Within 20 minutes yesterday, I'm screaming at a driver. It's like it can't be helped. My, I have rage because I'm not treated properly. I want the respect of you helping with my bags, you 75-year-old cocksucker who shouldn't be driving this limo anymore. Right. So I go to rage really fast. But you know that you're being wrong. I Absolutely I mean, and you know, wrong. I mean, you're not, I mean, I imagine you're a bit more of a diva than you used to be. A but little it, tiny bit. <laughs> like, I like to be treated well, you know, because you treated like a freaking jerk for all those years. You know, you're you, how long? did you struggle and you I'm go still, I'm and finally- we're in my garage <laughs> so, I mean, with no air conditioning because we're smoking cigars exactly no but, but I have a ranch you know I, I I have a branch in Montana I just you do no what do you oh, fucking okay, well, I'm all impressed by money <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah, I got the ranch. And I'm well, you know, you. God brings you back down to earth, though. I swear to God. Yeah. I'm thinking I have a really great apartment in the city. I'm yeah. like, look at me. I'm a big shot. Do you know every fucking friend I've made since I be in New York are all rich and have like four-story houses in the oh. city? So now I'm the low life. Yeah. See, God has a way of putting you back down yeah. well, and being well, humble. Well, thank God for that. You're, you're <laughs> humble with your two residences. <laughs> An apartment Listen. in New York and, uh, and the house in Canyon Ranch. Listen, this is what's real, though. Yeah, you sounded very I'm humble very in that humble. limo. In that limo, that sounded like a well, humble experience. But here was the problem with the limo, too. Yeah. Honestly, shouldn't somebody help you with your bags? No, yeah. I, I'm I, a woman. I get, oh, jeez. <laughs> God damn you, it. You can really fall back on that one? Really? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> but you know what's weird then? After what? I yelled at him, I go, uh-oh, he's going to Twitter that I'm a cunt, so I better do it first. Yeah. So I tweeted from the limo, hey, I just yelled at the limo driver for not helping with, with my bags. And what then, do you guys think? Did you hashtag I'm a cunt? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I just can't. I, I got to wrap myself out. That's why I'm my publicist. This bitch has got the easiest job on the planet because I wrap myself out first. But that, but that driver doesn't even sound like he had Twitter. You were just being paranoid. He was 75 fucking years old. Yeah. Don't drive. Yeah. Don't drive no more if you can't carry my but shit. But do you find that rage in general? Because I found that it destroyed my relationships. It's mm-hmm. destroyed businesses, uh, you know, opportunities for me. Because like what happens with me is if you're a rager. You really, right after you're done, you feel better. Oh, ter- yes, but then but, but then the other thing sets in. It's like, uh-oh, time for apologies. And sometimes Ugh, they don't work. It doesn't because I got banned from one theater. Thank God it's not more than that. I got banned from a theater because I, I didn't call somebody a cunt on staff. I said to somebody, get rid of that cunt. Yeah. So I realized if I'd have just pulled the guy into my dressing room and said, you got to get rid of this cunt, it would have been better. But no, the big anger has to come up and I got to yell about it. It gets in the paper. Now I'm banned. But are you do you are you one of these people that shows up at gigs and everyone's sort of like on their best behavior because they're frightened? I mean, do you know, no, honestly, everybody who works with me goes, we always thought you'd be mean, but you're so nice because I think an insult comic, you got to be nicer off stage. It's just in you because Rickles is a sweetheart. That's right. But I think we still have those little underlying pockets of but we, but, I want you to die. But he's probably a natural sweetheart. I mean, you had to work for it, didn't you? Yeah. Well, I think you're born with the sweetheartness, <laughs> but then you hide it with your anger. You work on yourself a little bit, and yeah. then maybe you get a little better. Yeah. Like I like now people going. I like people being shocked. I'm nice. Mm-hmm. Like that's it's better than saying, "Oh, you're nice on stage. You're a real cunt in life." Right. It's better to flip it. I think. Right. Well, wouldn't it be great if you're like you're a cunt on stage and you're a bigger cunt off stage? God, I would love that. Yeah, I don't maybe think you someday. could be a bigger one. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that's possible. I do have my limits, damn it. <laughs> so go ahead and light your, finish, you can yeah, light yeah. your cigar again. I want to know about your one night that you think it all started to happen for me. Well, look, I mean, I always, 
had a lot, a lot of respect for you because I thought you were honest and you couldn't hide your, your feelings, and, and I decided that those feelings were primarily anger. Yes, yes, thank you. <laughs> and, uh, and and on, and I uh, I was on that Chevy Chase roast. Mm, that's right. It, it, it seemed to me that you know we all sat there wrestling with that bullshit, and that guy was a pain in the ass. It was one of the worst nights of my life, but it, you know somehow or another they made it look good on television. They did. But despite whatever they had to fix throughout the re- that whole night, everybody tanked, mm-hmm. and then you came out there and just fucking killed and it was like it was the it, it felt like the first time that the world had noticed you it was and and that like everything just fucking changed from that in that moment it was just like right. all the stars aligned and the hate just flowed yes so perfectly funny in the right direction of an asshole who deserved it right because remember how he sat there with the sunglasses and not even talking to us and he, he was, was horrendous a dick. and by the way did you know he said in entertainment weekly a few months later that was the worst night of his life because he realized he had no friends mm-hmm. i mean when he you, when you're Chevy Chase and you have you and me roasting you, yeah, there was you none should of, be ashamed. Oh yeah, no one, no one wanted to come out, and he was completely, uh, he, he didn't play along at all. Mm-hmm. He, I and it was it was heartbreaking for me because I kind of like the guy. I'm right. not great at roasts. I don't do well because in, I've in my experience I can't insult somebody unless I feel truly defensive. There, oh. There's there's no there's no real way for me to be like funny. Yeah, yes, it's always yes. going to cut too deep and I always get in trouble. I don't have the right tone for it. Gotcha. See, my thing is I can't make fun of you unless I like you. So I can't roast people I don't like. Like, for instance, I used to be enemies with Sandra Bernhardt. Now I'm friends with her, which is wild because it comes full circle. I used to be enemies with her because she had, I think, said something on Stern that I didn't like or whatever. When it came to making jokes about her on the Jerry Lewis roast at the Friars, yeah. I couldn't do it because I was like, what I don't, the, what I was mad What did she say about you? No, I think this was years ago. It's yeah. all under the bridge. Thank God we're she, friends. I, I talked to her recently. She seems uh, to be a different person as well. She doesn't seem to be as angry as she used to be. No, it's like, I think somebody had tried to trump up some trouble between me and her. That, people do that all the fucking time, especially on Twitter. They're like, so-and-so oh. saying shit, and they just want to see you spin off the handle. Uh, it's true. And they, the they, handle. And they, uh, do the at mention to the both people so you get mad at each other. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just Twitter's the new heckling. Yeah, you know, and I guess it's just it's true. Horrifying. I mean, do you I, get your feelings hurt? Oh my god, dude! I fucking had such a hard time right after the Trump roast because we just did Trump about three, four months ago, and I said this to Whitney Cummings. However the audience sees you being treated they treat you that way so people will come up to Whitney and say shitty things because we've had a roast about those things or somebody will come up hey you fat cunt or nigger love or whatever and you're just like oh my god that was the roast that set the tone for how I'm being treated for the rest of this year so I on Twitter you know you get blasted with yeah. those jokes for like a month after the roast and it really hurts your feel oh my god it's horrible but as a woman i mean on some level you're running with uh i mean the, i mean you're hard, more hardcore and more insulting and I you know. have more of an edge than 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 any guy i really know i i mean i don't know anybody that can pull off the type of uh uh, you know, racially charged insults or just right. you know insults about anybody that you do. So I imagine I that uh, they just assume that that you can take it and you can. Want to know? You? No, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> I can take it in the roast because it's in the arena. It's right. like the Christians with the lions. You mm. can take it, mm. but these people think they're funny and they're trying to play ball with you. These these amateurs on the Twitter. So my feeling is, it's like I'm a Rod. 
and you're in the Bush Leagues. Yeah. Don't fucking try to step up to the plate. You don't wear the pinstripes. Leave it to me. Yeah. So I get offended at that. I don't mind a joke that's funny at my expense because I'll retweet if somebody tweet tweets like a funny insult yeah, about yeah, me, yeah, fat, yeah. ugly, whatever. I don't yeah. give a shit. If it's funny, I'll retweet that shit. Yeah. But if it's not, it's like, oh my God, not only did it suck, it hurt my feelings too. Which That's ones like, are your feelings? What's it about? If it just, if about the, if it's you just know, mean, I if mean, it's just, just mean. How do you determine what's just mean and what someone's, you know, if it's funny, right. it's funny. Okay. You know how to tell what's funny. Yeah. You know, and, and you can also tell intention. That's why I think my comedy doesn't get me beat up or walkouts because you know, in my heart, I love everybody I make fun of. That's interesting. That's an interesting idea that there's like, even it doesn't really necessarily what, what you're saying isn't where it's at. It's what your intention mm-hmm. is. Because honestly, and that has to do with tone, doesn't it? I mean, I, I, I think it isn't even tone. I honestly think I always say this: the audience is like dogs. When dogs sense fear or whatever, a real hostility. I think they understand that if I make fun of them, I could call honestly. I could call gays the worst fucking gay shit ever, and they never get mad because I got a place in my heart for them. And I think it's just something you could tell. It's something like I could tell if you're bullshitting me. It's not words. It's like just going, oh, she gets me. But that's interesting because I don't think I've ever talked about that with anybody because when it uh, when it comes right down to it, I mean, if I were and I've had this problem with myself in that I've said shit that mm-hmm. has insulted people, right? And I've always said like, well, if Attell would have said that, no one would have thought twice about it. And and I guess what you're saying is true because a lot of times when I'm saying something cutting, mm-hmm. I fucking mean it. That's your problem. Is you're very <laughs> negative. No, no, no. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like me being a positive ray of light. Okay. You yeah, are a mean I'm, and evil I, person. I'm feeling that. Yeah. If, <laughs> no, you if, know what I if think Lisa it is. Lisa Lampanelli <laughs> says you're evil. Telling, it says I'm evil and that she's a, a positive no, no. ray of light. You know what it is? You know what I think it really is? Honestly, if you don't mean it, you can say it. I always said that. Like, I'll say to a guy in the audience every night after night, you dirty cornhole or, you know, you take it in the ass, you know, you're dying of AIDS, whatever. They laugh and they ask for an autograph. And I think it's because they know that in my heart, I got love for them. I never make French jokes because I fucking hate them. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Fucking Europeans. I can't make fun of them because they think they're better than us. Hey, we won the war, English. Remember that shit. Okay. So them, I don't really make fun of. I think it's funny. You you just don't like the Europeans. And you honestly don't make. die. You honestly don't make any jokes about them. Germans, yes, because it's pretty funny to make fun of Germans just from a general Jew thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. So I make fun of my favorite groups. Sounds like you have a list. I do. My favorite (laughs) groups, fags. Yeah. Blacks, yeah. Asians, yeah. Filipinos, by the way, that's kind of Asian. They're mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Filipino gays would probably be great. The right? best ever, yeah. as if there's a difference between mm-hmm. Filipino and gay. <laughs> uh, Hispanic. Now, the Hispanics, they're the greatest sports ever. There's yeah. no conflict with the Hispanics. They Black and white is tougher to pull off right. because, you know, there's been so much black, white shit in yeah. this world. But these starting with the whole slavery thing. You well, know. Ben, yeah. let's put that in quotes because uh, I don't think that really happened. Kind of uh, like the Holocaust. You said it. <laughs> no, wait but... a minute. I'm a Jew. <laughs> I My grandma's lying. All right, go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's more like you make fun of the people you love. It's like in Jerry Maguire when that guy, his mentor, said, "You gotta love everybody. If you're gonna be with anybody, you gotta love them." I swear to God, I love these people. You laugh. I team with my audience. I fucking love signing autographs. I'm a mental case. I love that love. I just well, well, why wouldn't you? But it's a funny you you figured out a an, an interesting and unique way of going about getting love. Isn't it weird by shitting in someone's yard? It, huh? It what do you think of that shit? <laughs> Somehow Look what like, I did on your yard. I did a fucking uh, yeah. what do you call a Picasso? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's I think also that's my mother. My mother would always say really funny, insulting shit. 
and you just kind of wouldn't get mad because it was funny. Really, it didn't hurt your feelings. Oh, she wouldn't say it to me. She'd be like, but how she'd talk about oh, other people, oh, oh. it would be so fucking funny. Like, even now, she'll like say sarcastic, funny shit. I'm like, oh my God, why isn't anyone mad at her? She's mm-hmm. fucking insane. Like, she used to tell me the most racist shit. And she actually meant it, and it was so funny. Like, she told me Jews, she goes, these fucking Jews made up this Hanukkah because they were jealous of us having Christmas, so tried to horn in. And I'm just like, she really believes that. That's so goddamn funny. How old were you when she said that to you? Like, probably like 15 years ago, so it made its way into my act. (laughs) Half the shit that I say in my act, my mother actually means. But you never, when you started, like, when I knew you, when you, I I mean, because I felt that, you know, by by the time you were teaching stand up, that you were you were truly uh, angry about maybe your place in stand up because no one chooses to teach. Well, no, you know what it was. Can I tell you the carefully crafted thing that was behind that? Tim Davis used oh, to run stand up. He York. was a lunatic. He was a loon, but he had a great teaching method. Yeah, and I learned it from him, which is simply to let the people go up on stage, tell a story. And then kind of I would just take notes and ask them to elaborate on that like Kirsten does with the storytelling. Uh huh. So it was like really not even teaching stand up. It was kind of listening to them and pulling out what I thought had a Did grain you need of the truth. money? I mean, yeah, was it- well, what it was was I said to Tim, look, I want to not have a day job. So I want to do this on Saturdays. I want you to pay me enough. And I, in exchange, I also want three spots each weekend. So I got what I wanted. I always have like a method to doing this shit that I wanted. Yeah. So I just didn't want to work. I didn't want to you know, work as a day job too. It's freaking oh, so horrible. It was, yeah, right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because I knew nothing about comedy. I still don't. Except that when you get up there and I watch you, I could go, oh, that part's really funny. He should elaborate. I want to hear more. You right. know that whole, you just want to hear more about a well, certain yeah, but, subject. But it's, but it's interesting because you don't do that kind of comedy. I know. But yet I think you could really analyze people. No, I, Isn't I think it funny, though? No, I think you're yeah. absolutely right. I mean, I get what you're saying is that, right. you know, if you get someone to push themselves or, or keep explaining or, or keep going with something, right. eventually you'll figure out whether or not they're genuinely funny or can be. Right. And I think, though, God's coming back to haunt me because now that's happening to me now that I'm develop- I'm writing the Broadway show based on my book with, you know, Alan Zweibel, mm-hmm. who wrote Billy Crystal's uh, mm-hmm. Broadway show. We're working on mine. Now he's the guy. What's it called? Um, we didn't title it yet. What Probably, was the book called? Oh, Chocolate, Please. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but this is more about the weight and food issues and addiction and stuff. And I swear What was to your God, addiction? Food and men. Yeah. Both chocolate. Yeah. So, but now Alan's coming back to haunt me by going, oh, tell me more about that painful shit. And it's now I see that it's right. Well, like, you got, because you've got to get in depth with, if it's going to be a theater thing yeah. and it's not, in, you know, to balance that funny and also to, to give them the expectation. Right. Uh, of 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 an engaging on that deep a level, but like what in what areas does he push you? Well, like for instance, we were ranting. I was ranting and raving about uh, the Twitter stuff, yeah. and we had to go deep about what really hurts and why. I was ranting and raving about this. Uh, I went to this food rehab for twenty eight days. That well, I how heavy did you into. get? Um, just like maybe like twenty pounds more than I am now, but it's still like always an issue and Were it's you like bulimic? i'm always no no but that's the problem i went to this food rehab thinking it's going to be all fat bitches yeah i show up it's anorexics and me yeah so a, a place i thought i was going to be able to work on f- food i'm with these cunts who look good yeah and i'm very angry with this and guess what they were all molested <laughs> and i never was so were you did were you Felt sad left that you didn't... out yeah <laughs> you know i was like i was cute i saw a picture of myself back then <laughs> but what cracks me up is like this guy is like really not letting me go shallow. 
Which I, mean, I like. It's going to well, be really cool. All right, so you weren't molested, and you had a, a no. raging mother. Where'd the compulsive eating come in? What, what, well, my mother was Italian, so put food pusher. Did, but did it make you feel better? Do you find it comforting? Oh, yes. I mean, Are you I, kidding me? Uh, like tonight I, after I this. I eat right now. Yeah, like after this, if it went bad, I'd be like, let me go back to the hotel and get, they have the best ice cream in the world there. If it went good, I'd be like, let me get the ice cream because I have you to celebrate. You can't win. That's right. You yeah. can't. You're yeah. fucked either way. So tell me about this cock addiction because I have been- I don't even the, have one. I, a cock? I'm not not don't, anymore. Don't disappoint my listeners. Chaz Bono. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, I didn't like the cock that much. It was always to me- A love thing? Uh, yes. I was a love you addict. You like to be in, in, in yeah. In a Did relationship. you read those books? Did you read the Pia Melody oh, books? Are you kidding me? Of you course. You know them? You want, should PML? we get them out? Do you yes, wanna, we should. Codependence. Let's, yeah, uh, let's see where, as codependent, <laughs> let's get into a codependent thing where we look at what we each underlined in our, in our books. Yeah. I'm sure our highlighters are very similar. No, but the thing about the codependence, as you know, yeah. underlies all addiction. So that's what we worked on in the rehab. And what, what do you mean? Ha- Help me out. You codependent know, underlies all addiction. Okay, so all your addiction. Because I had I had drug addiction and alcoholism too. So and you I've know been that sober twelve years. Is at the core of that. In what sense? Is that we want people or we want acceptance and we get our our, our validation from outside. So right. you got it from the booze. I got it from the food. Right. And, and the now guys. I, yeah. But the thing is, with guy, I was just a serial monologist. I never had a whore. monogamist. I had a. a did I say? Monologist. Well, now that's that what you are. Up. Well, no, you're going to be a um, monologist. Okay. <laughs> you are a serial monologist, actually. <laughs> now I am. You know, you always were. I mean, you don't work with other people up that's there. That's very so true. Yeah. yeah, I can't stare the stage. I tried yeah. doing improv once with a troupe. I was yeah. like, "Fuck this! I ain't not getting all the laughs." When did you earn that? Oh, it was horrible. First, uh, right before I started stand up, yeah. I tried to do improv. Oh my god, I, I can't was, even imagine. That. I did like racist jokes yeah. during the improvs, right? And I was like, oh. This isn't what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to like let them get laughed. I'm like, fuck that. I'm doing stand up. <laughs> oh, I want so the funny. attention. You're not supposed to say no during improv. I can just see you going, shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. Shut the fuck up. I will up. knife you in the throat. I swear to God. <laughs> that would, I'd love to see tapes of that. <laughs> but with the men, it was like I always had boyfriends from age 13 mm. to 40 without a break, mm-hmm. not even a day's break. Mm-hmm. So I said, I got to get out of this shit. Yeah. And finally, date somebody appropriate. The if guy you're I'm with meant now. To be. Jimmy is the first guy I ever went out with who is moral, has good character, is a great guy. What's he doing with you? I know. Jesus. I hoodwinked him. Yeah, I guess. I know. But, I mean, he it's sees all beneath out there. the soul. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, well, he's the type. Beneath the soul. What's, <laughs> That's what's there, just a, a crying child. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the thing is about him is he's this guy who is very low maintenance. You know how you have to date somebody low maintenance if you're a comic? Mm. I mean, I had to date someone who just has... Almost zero needs. I guess it depends on how much you want to have to do. I mean, I, 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 I I've to never, do anything. I've never dated anyone low maintenance. I, really? <laughs> really? Well, I mean, no. I, I maybe my the, when I dated a low maintenance person, she was so low maintenance, she went out and found someone else. That's a bad thing. Yeah, but this one, this one I got now is, is relatively high maintenance. She's very exciting. There's never a dull moment. See, now not I'm, me. I'm, I'm not a little me. frightened of her. I'm a little frightened of her, and I kind of like it. See, She's I the, don't like this. I like stability. I like you to watch my dog. I'll take you out to dinner, and then we're fine. So it sounds like you're-, you're uh, I'm you're, a sugar mama. I, that's right. That's what it sounds <laughs> Actually, like. Actually, I'm not. He was really accomplished. He owned two businesses, sold them, and then- You love the guy? Him. Oh, my God. Yeah, I got married to him. What I wouldn't even bother with it if yeah. I didn't, because yeah. really, I don't need a guy. Were you married before? Once, but for only a year. What was that about? Just codependence, mm-hmm. like totally one of those rebound guys. I had dated a guy who was in prison, not in prison at the time I met him, because that's really He was in desperate. between prisons? Yes, in between prisons. <laughs> and he was very edgy and crazy. No, an ex-con? <laughs> had a little edge to him? And it? he was a white guy. Oh, boy. All right. What was he in prison for? A burglary. Oh. So I had met him, and then I wanted to date somebody totally, as you know, you go to the opposite. Uh-huh. So I dated a guy who was just really nice. Comic? 
Yeah, a little bit retarded. Just an open micer mm. when I was starting comedy. Is he still in the game? He's dead. But no, it's okay. It's I'm not upset about it because I've I, the thing is we got a divorce. Then he died. So that looks right good after? for me. So, no, it took him a couple years. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because the thing is, I didn't want to be a widow. That's just creepy. So you knew he was going to die. This I, guy's not he's a He's on good... the way out. He's an over-exerciser. He's going to kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like a good guy, too. And yeah. I always knew I should date somebody again in my life who's a good person. Mm-hmm. So when I found Jimmy, after like a year and a half of not dating at all, it was just like he was a nice guy who got me... Got the craziness and didn't mind because he's just mellow. He's like really, you'd think he smoked pot if you met him because he's so mellow, but he doesn't. Are you high maintenance? Just in the fact that I want to talk about me all the time. Mm. It's all about me. So I think that's the definition of high maintenance. Yeah. Oh my God. It's all about <laughs> so me. So yes. I, yes. Yeah. And I'll try to make it up by <laughs> like asking him about him, but I really don't care that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just like, really? And yeah, then I'm yeah, like yeah, thinking yeah. about my Twitter, yeah, yeah, about yeah. my show. Am I okay? Am I okay though? Am, <laughs> Am I, okay? I okay with what you're doing? Is that guy fucking me? <laughs> How am I getting fucked here? This guy's an asshole. Just uh, give me some advice here. Agree with oh me, please. Oh my god, poor Jimmy. Does but he? Do you ever fight? You know, not anymore, really, because we got. This is our thing. I'm the type. God, I, I you can't imagine York, you being mad at me. No, I, yeah, it's pretty bad. I'm loud. Like I'm I, really bothering yeah, because you. I fight. You know, and when I, you know, I'm I'm a fighter. Like you know, and if I if I'm with a chick that fights, we're, it's fucking. We gotta, you know, we gotta apologize to the neighbors twice a week. Oh, Hi, no, yeah. something was broken. And uh, that's but, bad. Yeah. But, well, uh, no, we. I'm loud, but our fights now are easier because. But when you fight, we you... went to the shrink. I don't go for that real hatred, mean thing. But you're so it's like good at comedy, it. though. Oh, really? So because you, I, if I really you draw meant a line it, with the insults, like you know, I really am really mad right now. I'm not going to. I'm really not going do. to use my weapon. I really do. It's like a black belt of some kind. Back. I'm a professional <laughs> insulter. If I really hate the person, it's really going to hurt them. Listen, I'm Miyagi. Okay, uh-huh. I say I have this weapon because mm-hmm. some of the things you could say in a relationship, you know, that's done after that. Mm-hmm. Some things you can never fucking take back. Can't put back into your mouth. Oh my god! So I edit You've myself. Um, yeah, I said one thing to him once. That I will never say again because it was fucking horrible, and I'm just like, oh, and it wasn't even true. It was when just you said horrible. it, was you like, did you know that it? You would I'll say- tell you, I don't give a shit. He, right. he, I'm sure he'll listen to this. He, he's great. All right, what had <laughs> happened was, so he's gonna hear this again. By the way, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. What happened was, I was really <laughs> mad for some reason. Yeah, and, you don't uh, even know the reason. Do you? I, don't, I don't remember. That's oh, the beautiful not. thing about yeah. rage, right? Like you know, the re- doesn't matter the reason. <laughs> I just need to get this bile out of right, me, right. and then I'll feel better about everything. Oh my god. Well, the very thing that attracted you, they always hear the very thing that attracted you to a person is what later makes you mad at them. Mm. So I loved when I met him that he was relaxed, he was chill, he made me chill out. But then after like two years, I was like, you're not motivated enough. Why aren't you doing more? Why don't you go back to school? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And I forget, we're fighting about something. And I said, oh my God, it was horrible. I said, oh yeah. I go, well, you know what? You didn't even have to stay with me because you probably just married me for the money anyway. Mm. And he stared at me. It was that long 10 seconds. And he goes, do you really think that? And of course, at that moment, I could have backed down because I'm a human being. But right in his eyes, I just go, I'll say it again. And I fucking said it. And he was like, oh, well, if that's what you think, then this is not going to be good. We're going to have to work on this or this is over. And I was like, oh, shit, I didn't even mean it. Oh, so, yeah. see, that's why I edit myself. I said, I can't say that because it's not true. He, had such, he threw him such a softball. If he he would have just said, do you think any amount of money would be worth this? <laughs> <laughs> and also, you know what's good about him? He's not with me for the money because he signed the fucking prenup. Oh, yeah? He didn't even, he brought it up to me. Like he brought up, he goes, hey, my dad says I should sign whatever you want because I ain't got a pot to piss in, so who gives a shit? He said that. Yeah. So I had him sign <laughs> it. He didn't even shit. read it. 
and he signed it. So I knew it wasn't true. So this is what I got to do, like with my audience. If I know it's not, oh my God, if it knows it's really going to hurt you, I can't say it. Mm-hmm. You know, because if it's real, uh, there's some things I want to say to that audience that I don't. What the, like what? Well, some of these women, they're real cunts. Yeah. And so sometimes you, just you go, it? Is you it? Just- <laughs> That's, what, what more could you say? Is there more to say on that? Probably I could go really deep. Uh-huh. and like, Because somehow I sense people's real insecurities from the stage. And I, I can't say that. Well, they're so vulnerable gonna, right there. You know, know that like, you know, all you got to do is look at them. And because of you're what you are, they're, they're just hoping to fuck that, you know, they don't get into your crosshairs. So well, and the real shit, like people pay extra to sit up front like they do with Rickles. Like they really like being made fun of on the surface. Like, do they hey, really? How much do they, more do they pay? For well, I think ticket? front rows and stuff oh, are okay. more money. So I think what happens is they'll go, oh, they'll send me Twitters. Call me a faggot. Do this, do that. Like they like the, the tame stuff as yeah. far as just they know it's name calling. Yeah. But, like, I saw a woman, God, like, six months ago, she was, I, 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 I always liked the first six rows are lit well. Yeah. So I look out, and I see it, and she's thin, you know, and I just go, um, look at this skinny cunt or whatever, thinking she's just some thin bitch. And then I look closer, and literally, dude, she was like a skeleton. Oh, she so- clearly had an eating disorder. And I almost started to cry because I was like, oh, my God, she's going to fucking think I really meant it. She's going to go home and throw up, whatever. So I just go, let me get off her. Let me now make fun of myself being fat and blah, blah, blah. And I just go, please let her not be mad at me yeah so if you go like that step deeper i don't think there's coming back well well that's well that well that was an oversight you know yeah, that was felt like so bad it, it, i was it, so upset because she came up after the show and hugged me and i was like oh boy she has a problem oh it's so sad i mean because you know my mom's got a little bit of an eating disorder and i sort of grew up in that with that mindset oh. and when you see people that are really dying of it oh my god it's like fucking it's 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 so fucking disturbing i like literally I, I this you know, like when I see someone with that much anorexia on the street, mm. I'm like, oh, my heart just fucking breaks. Oh yeah, it's like, and that's the word you don't want to go. You know, it's, well yeah, but that 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 wasn't like you know, I didn't I'm, intentionally go. Let me, but like, this well, comedy. I mean, but it, has there been a moment where because I know that I do, I don't generally do uh, insult comedy, but if I do crowd work, I can tear an ass mm-hmm. pretty good, mm-hmm. and it's usually I go too far almost immediately because I mm-hmm. that's just the way I am. Mm-hmm. But if you had, how would you know? When, I mean, at this point, people are coming to see you, so no it's one's going to fuck with you. But I mean, have you ever been fucked with to the point where you had to take out the heavy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a funny ass clip on uh, YouTube that this guy in Reading, Pennsylvania, at this theater, yeah. the night before, this is so random, Heart and Journey had played at the place I was. Don't stop so, believing. Uh, yeah. So Barracuda, I... <laughs> let's do it. So I was making fun of Journey. And like before that segment of the show, I swear to you, I did spank, nigger, chink, bing, 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 faggot, cornhole yeah. or whatever. Yeah. No offense by anybody. Yeah. I start talking about Journey. This guy freaks out. Isn't that And weird? starts screaming at me. And I went right down. I go all the way. I go down the steps into the audience. I'm like, yeah, motherfucker, blah, blah, blah. And we're going back and forth. And I'm going... Who is that, Steve Perry? Like, why is he that mad? Yeah. And you just go, you never know what's going to set them off. He's yeah. a mental case. Yeah. So I go, I can't even worry what they think yeah. if I have a good conscience yeah. about it. Because right. you're right, the anorexic bitch, if I'd have kept going, that's bad for me. Yeah, well, yeah, but that but little you, mistake, I got to find it, it and hurts hide you. it myself. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like accidentally making fun of the, the guy in the wheelchair you, can't, you didn't see in the dark. I love or making that. fun of wheelchair people, and I'll tell you why. They're always begging for it. Yeah. Every time I do a show and I miss a wheelchair guy, he yeah. comes up 
And he goes, why the fuck didn't you make fun of me too? I can take it. So I go down and I interview them, you know, with the little microphone. Midget's hilarious. So much fun. I have a little midget who comes to see me at Club Nokia. Yeah. He's a celebrity. Yeah. Whenever I'm there, I bring him up on stage. I sit him on my lap like a little dummy. Yeah. It's so much fun. But right. I think the worst you have in life sometimes, you can overcome it. And then they like that being made fun well, of I, 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 I think that for people who can accept that and don't see it as hostile, that uh, I think that making fun of them with their consent and them having a good sense of humor about it probably alleviates some of the tension around people being so afraid. I yes. think that it's got to be worse for people who are who are on some level either minorities or handicapped in the way that people are so tiptoeing uh, around them that it makes them feel like freaks. I, it totally. almost seems like they'd rather, you know, someone- They'd rather me call them the n-word than some politically correct cunt go that african-american in yeah, a or, snotty way or act uncomfortable or not knowing oh. what to say like do you ever How have this where it's there's an employee and you have to describe I, them? when do you differentiate between saying nigger and using the n-word That's, i mean you've done both isn't it funny I'm, no it's i don't know like all of a sudden right? like they, there's like two leases <laughs> there's the one that actually says it and then there's the one who reflects on it and says the n-word i I'm mean very out, thoughtful. Of, out of nowhere you're calling it the n-word after you've already dropped like four of them i just know my audience mark I'm oh just okay choose. so this is the, uh, the the higher brow Lisa yes. you know, reflecting Not the on the low brow yeah, the, lover, the, Lisa. The, the comedy theory Lisa <laughs> well though no, like yeah, don't you hate though when you're like in a store mm. and you're trying to describe an employee and you say they, they, no one will say it's the black guy yeah. they'll always say he has the short hair right. he's about five foot tall right. just say he's fucking black it's a descriptive word I say, I say black I, 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 can't, I can't get African American out of my mouth horrible and horrible. I and I you know I've, I've checked it through I mean black yeah. is still fine mm-hmm yeah, you can do they black. Love it. Yeah. They, they seem to enjoy it. <laughs> they, you know what I hate too, though? What? What's even more racist and fucked up? I hate when people go, because I have a, I'd say at least 30% gay following. I hate- 30%? Yeah, I got a lot of- But 70%, isn't it? No, no, it's, oh. serious, it's weird. I know. It's a lot of young, I get a lot of college age like boys, which is really good, because they'll live a long time. I don't want old people to be my fans. Fuck them. They're yeah. going to die. Yeah. I want longevity here. Yeah. So these, I hate when people go, I love gays. They're great. It's like- there's no one universal great group, okay? Right, right. I have gay friends, and they're fucking pain in the ass gay guys. Yeah. So you know what? I hate that blanket everybody's good, too. Yeah. It's bullshit. No, a lot of that is bullshit. And I guess, you know, we can we can talk about that in the sense that uh, I had a problem with Gallagher, of all people, uh, around, because uh, yeah, he, you know, got this reputation for doing basically, mm. you know, shitty jokes about minorities. And, you know, he's not really the guy to do it. And I just, right. when I talk to people about that stuff, I ask them, you know, where does that come from? You know, why uh, do you have hate or whatever? And he's like, they're not even my jokes. And he was just sort of pandering and oh, being nasty. Okay. Like, I don't give a fuck what anyone says if they can own it. Mm-hmm. I just talk to Dice, mm-hmm. you know, and he does what he does. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, some of it's pretty aggressive. But, and I've had to be sold on it to a certain degree, but I've never heard your explanation. Uh, before, which is that they that the people you're talking about and to can tell your intention innately, and it's not about what is being said; it's whether or not it's funny and it's coming from the right place. Yeah, because I feel that way about Rickles. When you watch him, you go, "He's saying, hey, without Mexicans, there'd be no filth." Which, mm. by the way, is the best joke ever because it's so simple and obviously untrue. That's why my jokes are so fucking simple. It's because so you know they're not true. But has there come a point where because the I you know. You're not everybody's cup of tea. No, which and is you, fine. No, no, I'm not you know what, either. You know what I always say about that, Mark Maron, if I may interrupt? 
whatever you want. For the first seven years of comedy, I was like, I can't believe they don't get me. Like, if everybody didn't like me, then the next seven years, I was like, fuck you if you don't get me. Now, for these years, I'm like, it's okay if you don't get me. Yeah, don't come. As long as 2,000 people a night get it, yeah. the rest can go fuck their mother. Well, well that's right. That's Yeah, a, yeah and they, they probably do if you I tell them so. to. Yeah. <laughs> But I, no, I, I understand that completely. And I think also you didn't define, like, I think early on you were primarily just doing jokes about yourself and you didn't become like this insult queen until- what, Yeah, happened after the roast. I swear to God, I, I just know, went with a, it. Right. Just went with it. That defines you. Yeah, I love it. But what I was saying though, I don't, I, it's not like people are coming up to me saying like, you know, I don't get Lisa Lampanelli or I don't really like her, but the, I saw you in Vancouver- uh, at one of the comedy festivals, yes. right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I hadn't seen you work probably really in live, you know, since the roast and before that, since stand up New York, right? And I've been around comedy a long time, and I walked into that place, and I've never, I have not felt that type of electric wrong. <laughs> oh, I love that word. Well, but That's you know what I'm saying? That there, that there, there was an electricity in the room because it was mostly gay, I think, but maybe 50-50. Vancouver 50. is pretty faggy. Yeah. And that there, there was a sort of like, there was no moral compass to what was happening. <laughs> you were you were done up big. Yeah. I, don't, I don't remember yeah. what you were wearing, but there, it was, the there was a lot. Yeah. You know, and it was just like electric in there. And it was without any sort of moral barometer whatsoever. And you didn't know what the fuck was going to happen. And I hadn't felt that since I used to watch Kennison. Wow. That there is a type of electricity that comes from a, a, just a sort of like morally unhinged assault mm-hmm. that it, it's it's not only shocking, it's not only funny, but you're like, well, I can't fucking believe I'm seeing this, yes, you know, and yes. everybody's like, you know, f- like freaking. And I I was uh, very impressed. Wow. And because uh, up until today, I had no idea what you thought of me. I always thought if I had a makeup in my head, what Mark Maron thinks of Lisa Lampanelli, it's that I'm horrible. I have no place in this business. I'm a hack. I'm I, derivative. I'm just because I'm, uh, I, I, you know, because some really smart comics are very judgy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was like, fuck, maybe Mark really hates me. But, you know, hey, at least I'm in your house. What? No one fucking does what you do. And I mean, you know, and nobody, you, you know, and it's like whatever anybody says or whoever, everybody, anyone wants to judge me and how I handle this on my show. It's not easy for chicks. It's yeah. just not. Mm-hmm. And and not only are you winning in, in a man's game, so to speak, <clears throat> but, you know, you're transcending, you know, any anyone that came before you and what you're doing. And there's something incredibly uh, hilarious and menacing and, and horrible about you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> this is going on my website. Can I ask you a real question? All right. Like, no, no, that you, I want an answer from you. You don't have to lie to me to make me feel good. Why would I? Yeah, that, this is why I'm asking you. I've never asked this of anybody. Do you, I can't even dare ask, do you think there's a chance in after I'm dead that I will go down in history as one of the greats? Do you think there's a chance of what I do here, people will remember what I did? Absolutely. Because I really, that's all I ever wanted. Look, there's so few people. You can look at the business yourself. You're a student of comedy. There's so few people that actually uh, cut a little bit of place for themselves in this world. There's a, there's a thousand cats that, that are just okay comics. But, you know, the fact that, you know, you're drawing 2,000 people a night, that you, you, you are a fucking spectacle, uh, and, and you are like an experience, a live experience that very few people can, can really forget. Right. So, and, and I, I think absolutely. I would I, love that. I just want to be are. in books and have people go, oh, you know, do you, she did it. Do you feel like you, you've been trivialized in any way by oh, the yeah. press? Oh, like, absolutely. How, how do you feel dismissed? Um, they did an article on women in comedy in Vanity Fair about three years ago, four years ago. <clears throat> and Sarah Silverman, 
uh, Tina Fey and I think Chelsea Handler were on the cover. And then they had 10 other women comics. They quoted me in it twice. They completely ignored Kathy Griffin, which I was shocked because I really like her. And I didn't get in the picture. Like there was a Annie Leibovitz photo shoot. And I they, was so they sad. Ignored and slighted, they ignored Kathy Griffin and slighted you. Was this the only non-gay writer at Vanity Fair? It, I think it was gay. <laughs> I think it was Christopher Hitchens. He's not gay. Well, I say he's gay because he didn't put me in the damn story. Well, he's got cancer now. Oh, so. oh good. <laughs> because, you know, that's for not putting me in the fucking... See, you got yours. No, but this is what I feel. I felt very sad at that because I go, wow, you know, don't they think I'm good enough for that shoot? Like, we, I always go to unworthy. I always go... Like, for instance, if a waiter doesn't bring the milk with the coffee, I go to that if I was thinner, prettier, or more popular, he would have brought that milk instead of going, oh, he just forgot. Mm. So I constantly go to, why aren't I cool enough? I say... This is so gay, but I always said I'm like the Jethro Tull of comedy where I'll influence people and I'll have a long career but I'm not cool but you know what there's something else that I'm starting to realize I, I mean you know cool is overrated number one and, and I, when I first met you you were you know you didn't uh-uh. you didn't wear any makeup nothing cool your, your hair was almost I, I, for some reason I want to think it was in a bun no it you was would, short it right, was dykey it was, just, right, dykey. It was no frills it was you, like you were kind please, of frumpy is it was that like, the word totally it was like get me a stylist now right right and, yeah. and, and you just walked around with these wide you know hate filled eyes <laughs> It was that really fear. That, I think yes. you misinterpreted of my course, anger because course. I was scared of you. I, no, I, I, I think you're probably right. Yeah. But one thing I realized like, the other night, I did, uh, you know, I did Bill Maher's show, mm-hmm. and I said something, you know, you know, fairly crass, and you know, I'm capable of that, and mm-hmm. and I know how to do that, and I used to do more of it, mm-hmm. and it got the right wing blogs all fucking freaked out, and now they're accusing me of this or that, oh, and the other things. But, but I think that what you forget about what you do is that it's truly mm-hmm. irreverent, and and that there even among Amongst people who do, you know, hardcore comedy, there's a certain decorum that is supposed to be mm. sort of respected. And and you transcend that. That's and that's 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 creating your own time zone because you look at people like there's only a few people that do that in any, in any given point in comedy. They, you know, Stanhope does it. You know, mm. you do it where you're pushing it out beyond the, the moral boundaries and you and you and you push it even further then. So even people who are cute and, and maybe a little edgy yes. or, or taking, you know, sort of cute risks. And, yes. and and you know they they fit into uh to you know the the cool picture right, right. but when you're fucking out there in your own time zone and you're pushing the envelope you know you're not going to get the respect from fashionable types but you're yeah. also going to get bigger audiences and you're also going to create a much more you know, insane experience for your audiences well i that's kinnison quote about it's you want 10 percent of the world to love you not 90 percent like you is like the best quote ever because your 10% are going to be pretty fucking loyal because you're real, mm-hmm. you know, at least right. real who you are. Right. But yeah, I, I just, it's sad never to fit into the cool people. Yeah, but you the know? thing but is, I, is, now I'm 50. Who the fuck are they? I, I, I mean, wh- I mean, when you think about that, I mean, I fought my life you know, doing that too, and and some people thought I was cool, but I never fit in anywhere. Hmm. You know, I didn't fit in with the you know with the O and A crowd. I didn't fit in with the nerd crowd. I was always too uncomfortable and made people too uncomfortable because I was too intense and misunderstood to fucking fit in anywhere. Right. Yet I always thought of you and Louis C.K. and all those guys as the cool guys, and I would be like looking down all the time. Yeah, because I'm just like, oh my god, they like know everything. Louis they- got to fucking love you. I don't know. I, yeah. I met Lisa, him once. Believe me, he's hard to get on the phone. <laughs> and he's a friend, ah, I guess. That's funny. Get. It's just those guys were like revered. You know, you guys were just this different, like I, you were like iconic in that way. Yeah. But you know, I was iconic in that nobody really liked what I did. <laughs> <laughs> You're so full of shit. You know, Stan Hope, I'll tell you, I was scared of him. And then I worked with him in Vegas and it was so cool. So here's a guy I'm thinking is going to hate me. I always just think 
everyone's going to hate me. Maybe that's what it is. I just think I have to win everybody over. And maybe that's why I try so hard and work so hard. But isn't it interesting that you, you did it with uh, being uh, completely insulting? I know. And, and like, because I used to do that too. It's like, I will defy you to like me. Mm-hmm. Because the ones that actually do after that, you're like, all right, I like you. You or passed else, it. Yeah, sometimes. But I unfortunately, sometimes I'm still in the area where I defy people to like me. And then when they do, I say, why the fuck do you like me? Wow. <laughs> wow. You're worse than me. Yes, I am. <laughs> and you're but, sober. But I can't fit into a dress. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I can't either. <laughs> I started wearing pants. Fuck it all. What is it with the gays? How, why, who, how do they pick who they Can pick? I tell you, I have a story for you with that. I did a book signing at this gay bookstore in Atlanta called Outright Books. Mm-hmm. Pretty clever, huh? Oh, wait, I know. Is that right by the Laughing Skull? Is it right in that little gay, think, yes, that yes. two-block radius? Yes, where exactly, the fl- where they the, allow the gays. Right, the Flying Biscuit is right across yeah. the street, the biscuit, uh, the whatever the fuck it's called, the yeah, it's restaurant. Like adorable, right? Right, so like one corner is the gay corner. There. Right, and they're yeah. allowed, and yeah. that's where we should keep them. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, it's like their little camp. Yeah, all right, so you're doing so that. So I'm doing the book signing, and somebody said to me something about the gays love you or whatever, it was, and I go, listen, I... I have a finally all gays in one room. I said, what is it about me? You like me? I said, here's what I think. I said, I either, I think it's because you sense that I never fit in anywhere either. And you identify with that. Is that it? And one guy raises his hand. He goes, I don't think that's it. I think we just like mean girls. (laughs) Just like, okay, I'll take it. I've always said like my audience, my audience either has really good self-esteem or bad self-esteem. And either way, it makes me money. And what about the blacks? The blacks. They probably hate themselves as much as I hate myself. Do you find a lot in your in your audience? Yeah. Oh yeah, and interracial couples. My my Blackcock University degree has allowed me to still attract the interracial couples. Uh-huh. Although they did boo me for a while when I said I married Whitey, and I had to explain. I started dating without seeing color, so fuck you. I went back to Whitey. Uh-huh. See, I found love, even though it's a lesser color. That's so funny. The interracial couples who are who are uh, not so liked by black women. Yes. If the if the woman is white, yeah. they're getting mad at you. At me. Well, I was the last for abandoning fat one. them. I was the last fat white one who was talking about it. <laughs> now that they went to the Asians, those race traitors. And Asians, are you getting them in your audience? You know, Filipinos mostly, uh-huh. because they're that weird mixture. They're like the Swiss Army knife of minorities. Mm-hmm. They're all put together. They don't what the fuck they are so i think they feel disenfranchised too Mm -hmm. i think the more of a misfit you are the more you like me Uh that's what i think now have you had any experience where you and be honest with me where 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 you've offended people um very rarely which is why i'm so happy because i never had walkouts i never had those like you know emails letters well i have my assistant delete them so i think everybody likes me okay yeah yeah, i can't i can't even because i used to read them and really cry and be upset it's horrible right the speedball effect of like oh they love me they love me oh Oh, they hate me well you know you know this thing that happened with the westboro baptist church yeah what yeah what did you do you did something amazing right oh it was great because it um, seemed like hilarious you donated i donated i said i was gonna they were gonna protest my show in topeka Mm -hmm. and i said i'm gonna donate a grand for every protester who shows up because i go and i'm gonna donate to an aids project so you help the people that you really hate so guess what i'm thinking 20 at most is gonna show fucking 48 show up oh so i write a check for 50 i go ah you know what oprah says you should do that so i'm gonna do it so that was what was pretty funny i donate the big novelty check and the little check it felt really good what was their response did you get a church response oh 
No, but I wanted an individual thank you note sent to every member of the Westboro Baptist Church. I don't know if GMHC did it, but that would be pretty cool if they did. But they didn't, you you didn't get any post, you know. I blocked them all because it was too painful. Oh, what I was going to say was. After was you the, gave the money, no response. You don't know. Well, you just maybe blocked. they did. I just, WBC is so evil that I was just like, I got to block all these assholes. Mm. But um, I think they were probably pissed because all that money went to AIDS people. So, mm. ha ha. Mm-hmm. And what's weird about this I give the money, right? I'm so excited because TMZ covers it. Everybody's happy. I had one full day. That's what I was going to say. One full day of looking at Twitter that I didn't have an insult to me. I was like good for a day. Then the next day, there was a lot of good ones. Then, hey, you're fat. Okay. Yeah. You we're know back. What I'm <laughs> yeah, we're, we're back. back. We forgot you gave the money. Yeah. You're a fat cunt. <laughs> oh, God. Do you think there's any place you shouldn't go comedically? Oh, no, no, no. Yes, one place. What? If you can't make it funny, because honestly- if a joke is edgy about rape or AIDS or whatever or whatever, that's fine if it's funny. But there are certain subjects I just couldn't find a real good punchline to make it funny. Like I could never do a September 11th joke that worked. Right. But some comics like yourself, I'm sure, Louie, I, I think like some guys were going up at the cellar two days after yeah, and making it so. funny. Yeah, trying yeah. And to. I was like, wow, that Colin Quinn. Yeah. He was doing funny shit. And I was like, I can't do that. So if I can't make it funny, I don't bother with it. Are you one of those people that challenges yourself to make weird and uh, wrong shit funny? Yeah, like AIDS and rape and yeah. stuff, because those are pretty bad, I think. Yeah. no, those From are, what I hear. On the top five <laughs> list, those are up there, bad things to happen rape to you. Rape with AIDS? Yeah, very Hilarious. bad. Getting AIDS from a rape. <laughs> You're you making go. me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that that is a good challenge, don't you? Well, I, I've only met one other person that out of uh, the 200 comics that I've interviewed that it has, that actually sets out to do that, and Jeselnik... Anthony Jeselnik. Oh, I love him. He's great. He oh. he actually he he only likes to try to he, mm. he'll figure out things that are so fucked up that he has to make jokes about. Can like, I yeah. tell you an Anthony Jeselnik story? Sure. Did you fuck this, him? Oh God, no. He's uh, young. Okay. Well, the roast is coming up for Trump about four months ago. Yeah. And this Jeselnik, I had no idea who he was, but he was stepping in to do it. And I looked him up on the YouTube, and he had a really a set on Jim Norton's uh, stand-up show on HBO, yeah. and I said, this guy's mean. Yeah. This guy is going to ruin me. I got to really, I had to go see my spiritual guide for that day. Who the hell's that? A guy at Canyon Ranch. And I, I had to go and talk to him how I'm going to get through Anthony Jeselnik being mean to me. You serious? I swear to God. I wanted to just work on really not getting my feelings hurt at the roast. Does he, Jeselnik know this? Uh, no. All right. So- I'm watching him. I go, okay, I'm counting down to when he goes up. And I go, okay, he's going to come up. Just What did your spiritual guard tell you to do? He said, just, you know, let it go. And he doesn't mean it. You don't mean anything you say. Why should he mean what he said? But I go, this kid seems very snotty. He's young. (laughs) So he goes up and I'm like, okay, look in the camera and smile. This is going to be funny. Pretend you like it and then go see your shrink tomorrow. So this guy goes up. He's fucking brutal, but really funny. He killed. Yeah. He looks at me and he goes, Lisa Lampanelli. He goes, you're cool. And then he went on to somebody else. I said, oh my God, no matter what you prepare for the disaster and it doesn't go. I went up to him. My husband goes up and he goes, thanks for not fucking with my wife. And he goes, I love her. But dude, see, even when you think something's going to happen, it don't. Oh, that's hilarious. That kid, I thought, oh, he looks so mean. He's He's got a thing. You know, God, he's sharp. He's you know? edgy, man. Yeah. There's very few guys who could pull that off. Yeah, no. And, and sometimes it's interesting because he's got to lock into that disposition up there. 
because oh every one of those jokes is going to be as as off putting to some people oh as the next. It's a real tightrope thing, and I and I like him. He's a, he does it well. I know there's so few. Have you met uh, some of the people that you respect now that you're uh, rich and famous? <laughs> yeah, I met Rickles a long time ago because the Friars knew that yeah. I like the insult comedy. Rickles gives me this advice. You know, when they're old, you have to pretend their advice is yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, sure. He goes to me as he goes, I you know he's one of these territorial ones too. Yeah. He's like. I hear you do kind of what I do. I'm just going to give you one piece of advice. Keep it clean and you'll work anywhere. Uh-huh. And I'm nodding like, oh, yeah, you're old. I'm going to fucking listen to you. I don't yeah. want to work a bar mitzvah, asshole. You should have just said, fuck you. Oh, no. <laughs> I said, oh, I'll try to remember that and said, come yeah, yeah, the next yeah, sure, day. Sure. I'm like, whatever, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it ain't that world anymore. No, of I curse not. in real life just as me. Why wouldn't I do it on stage? People are going to sense you're holding back. I think you just got to be who you are. I'm curious about this spiritual advisor shit. Oh, I love him. My my spiritual guy at Canyon Ranch, he helped me through what's a lot it, of shit. What's his credentials? He has master's in every religion, PhD. A master in religions? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like he, he studies religion. But All the right. thing is, I just like somebody who can look at things from a moral perspective and just go, mm, maybe you shouldn't act like that, or maybe you should do this, or maybe you should try this. Like what are some of the problems other than Anthony <clears throat> Jeselnik that you would go to your spiritual I advisor I went to him for? about Greg Giraldo once. Because really? I was really scared of Greg. For the same reason, but this just seems to Worse be- Worse reason. Because Greg was an addict, as you know. Yeah. Scared the shit out of me. Because when he'd do those roasts, again, I thought he really meant what he said. And he was so good at it, but I would honestly feel like I got hit by a truck when he'd get off that stage. And I oh, went so to- Oh, so it happened before. Oh, my you God. Know. So I was about to do the cable guy roast, the one with uh, Larry. With Whitney? Yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh my God, he's going to be mean to me. And I went up and I talked to Jonathan about it. And he's like, he has his demons and just look past it. And you know, all the faggoty things spiritual people say. And it worked, you know? Yeah. So this was, about, okay. So both times you went, it was so- About so a roast. Somehow, once I went about Stern. Once I went, when I, I'm, I'm But I'm it's Stern always about how you're going to, how you not going to get hurt. How am I going to protect myself? Like it's Stern. I went on Stern once I decided to get dress up and stuff and have good hair and everything. Yeah. I went on Stern and he was so complimentary. He goes, oh, look at you. You lost how much weight? I go off oh, 40 pounds. And he was so complimentary. Yeah. And uh, then I started getting weight back. And I go, I got to go on Stern. I gained 10 pounds. He's going to call me fat. Yeah. I'm going to be fucking shattered because this is my hero. My yeah. biggest hero in the world is Stern. And I went to Jonathan. We talked about it. And he just told me how to handle it. And Stern never said anything. That's <laughs> how. This is why I like Stern. He don't give a shit. Yeah. If you're funny, you're funny. He sees past. He don't care. Yeah. You know, so he has his insecurities too. You forget that. Yeah. Because he's so all powerful. Right. I mean, you've been in that room. No. Oh my God. Never been on Stern. He'd probably love you. I don't know why I've never been on there. I, I don't know if I'm on his radar. It's just never happened. I think you're on everybody's radar, but you're, right now. you don't know. Yeah, maybe. But what do you do? Do you call Howard Stern and say, when can I come on? I call mean, Gary that... and you say- I don't, I don't know that guy. I'll give you the email. Well, email for me. Okay. <laughs> Listen to this. I'm doing you favors. <laughs> yeah, I'm sweating my cunt off in a podcast. <laughs> are you sweating? Is it happening? A little hot, but it's, it's okay. Hot. Just behind the tits. Where I'm... <laughs> I'd ask you to air them out, but I don't know if I could handle you it. You could not handle it. No one can. Trust me. It's horrible. <laughs> well, no, it'd be, well, we're almost done, but I think it's no, interesting. I love you, man. You're fun to talk to. I just think it's wild that... Because that's why we do comedy is somehow to preemptively protect ourselves from getting hurt in situations that we might not get hurt at all. And we're sort of naturally defensive like that. Mm -hmm. And that you actually go see somebody before you have to sit. You're going to go shit on everybody on the dais. But for in order for you to sit down, depending on who's on the fucking show, you've got to go meet your guru to figure out how you're going to be able to not get hurt. I know. And it, it works a little, though. Like, you know what's weird, though? Like with Jeff Ross and Whitney Cummings. I never sensed meanness. I think that's why Jeff can get away with it too. Like, I just know they like me. 
And me and Geraldo never had a relationship, so I never knew if he liked me. So I was always scared of him. I think if I know, uh, like Cable Guy, he's going to get up there and be mean to me. I'm going to be like, oh, he's he's nice to me. Who gives a shit? But if you don't know them, you're scared. Like Jeselnik, I'm figuring, is a dick. I get it. And, right. and he's not a dick. And you're like, holy so shit. So it's about that intention again. It's no longer like, you know, no matter what Whitney Cummings could say, no, even if it was meaner than Anthony and Jeselnik. it is. It's not going to hurt you. Never, because I know we're kind of, I don't, I wouldn't say we're friends, but we're friendly where I know she has respect and we Twitter and this and that. So I know she's not a cunt. Hmm. But when I find out you're not a cunt like Jezelnik, then I'm like, oh, I like you. And now he could say mean shit about me if I ever do a roast again. Huh. Ever. Yeah. I'm sick of those fucking things. Are you? Ugh. So then this one person show sounds really exciting. What's the uh, so what's excited. the uh, estimated time of arrival of that thing? Right before the Tonys, I think 2013. And you're working like with Zweibel now, who's yeah. a genius. God, he's great. And, and like I said, it goes deep. And we did a reading of like 30 minutes of it so far, just to like see. We and what do you? He's just you're just sitting. You're getting up there telling stories. You're you're kind of you're going from the book, and then you're going a little more. Yeah, I think unfortunately it's not going to be. It's now becoming more about what's not in the book and what That's came good. after. So thank it's God. Really, yeah, it's just. Have wild. you cried? Yeah, and there's two moments Come so on. far in the 30 minutes. Not that I cried, but the audience did. So I was like, yes. Did you cry? You don't cry? Oh, I cry constantly, but not during the show. Why not? Um, eh, <laughs> I will. I'll get there eventually. It's hard to cry, don't you think? It depends what commercial I'm watching. Oh, my God. <laughs> it depends who I'm with. Like, I went to see Motherfucker in the Hat. Did you I see it? I can cry watching the show Chopped, which it shouldn't even render that. You know, like, if somebody wins or the food is good or a guy's mm-hmm. cake doesn't mm-hmm. work out, I'm fucking tearing up. What the fuck is wrong with Dude, me? Dude, I watched Letters to Juliet oh. on the plane, and I was sobbing, yeah. going, oh, my God. So that just means we don't know how to cry for the right reason. For the right reason. We cry at this faggoty shit. Like, every episode of Sex and the City, I'm weeping. But There's something to, wrong with in me. In the process of doing the show you oh, haven't I cry broken. like a bitch in oh, the writing like, session. But like what? What is which part? Um, when we were talking about the roasts and about Twitter and about this thing that happened to me on Good Day LA, a guy said something really mean to me off stage. Once the camera stopped, so fucking sensitive. Lampanelli's so <laughs> fucking sensitive, dude. I think that's only the only reason I can get away with what I do is because they know that I'm a fucking pussy. Mm. I'm such a baby. Like I'm so gay. Like I was saying, I was went to see. Did you see Motherfucker in the Hat Mm-mm. on Broadway? No, the Chris Rock one. No. I was crying like a bitch after, and I'm with my husband, and I'm embarrassed. Is it still running? Uh, I think it just ended. Uh-huh. It had a limited run anyway. Oh, my God. And I'm like, can I even cry in front of my own husband? Yeah. I think because my father, when I was watching, do you remember? How old are you? Are you 50 yet? Or no, not? 47. Okay, I'm 50 uh, tomorrow. When this Brian song, do you remember Brian's yeah, song? Yeah, of course. I was crying like a bitch when I was like 12 watching yeah, Brian's song. How could you song. not? My father, who's the nicest guy in the world, looks at me and started laughing ever since then. And the nicest guy ever. I mean, he's very mild. Yeah. But I think he he was just joking or something. It totally paralyzed me. So now when I'm even with Jimmy, I'm like, am I allowed to cry? Is he going to laugh at me? So that's like what's hard. Wow. At least you tracked it down. I know. You we had to in, in rehab. I know, oh, I should. You're right. Because it's it's like it's not you know like you said it's not incest it's not mm. you know no one hit you but your father laughed at you when you were a kid crying, crying over Brian's over Brian song. song and that Kevin James did a whole episode of King of Queens on how it's okay to cry at Brian's song even guys cry at how it. old were you do you think I think like twelve and those are formative years yeah. where you're just like you're in between almost going to puberty so you're like oh sure. my god what, yeah. what's wrong here and yeah. so I got really uncomfortable with emotion and what happened after that you cried did you stop when he laughed at you I, no I, oh yeah and I was just like I will never Never cry again. Also, you know what I would never do in That's front so of my funny. parents? Bet, it's like, no, like I was, he was laughing. I was crying. I stopped crying. Then he fucked me. And oh, I, Ellie. I, I, sorry. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I just, 
I wish. We found it. <laughs> we found it. I can <laughs> repress memory. Thank you for having me on the show. Now I know what my father did with my twat. <laughs> no, um, I think uh, I just suppress it all. And then it comes out in these weird sideways, you know, it all comes out sideways with the addictions mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's when I probably started eating more. Mm. There's, yeah, you run had some ice cream. He was laughing at you. He said, and don't cry, kid. Have some ice cream. <laughs> no shit. And then your mother came in, give her more ice cream. <laughs> like, I remember Field of Dreams was on. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Who doesn't weep sure. when he goes, you want to have a game of catch? Yeah. I couldn't cry about that. Also, you know what I won't do in front of my parents even until now? What? Fall asleep in front of them. Why? Be- I Did don't know. Did they on your face? No, I just okay. feel it's a weakness and I can't show that, so I will myself to stay awake. It's fucking weird, man. The I'm so glad my thing. parents don't have a computer because they'd hear the shit and be shocked. Would they? Yeah. They Because they, 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 they just never understood why you never go to sleep? Yes. They were just like, she, my mother would never think she ever did anything wrong. So it's it's about vulnerability because when you're sleeping- Totally. You, hmm. Totally. So you got head keep it tough it's hard to be vulnerable now you know that even in a relationship i know you know it's yeah. very hard yeah it makes me very nervous because i find myself doing it and i hear that 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 softness in my voice mm. and i feel like that kind of in my heart's connected to it and i can't stay there very long because i just feel like this isn't good enough I'm i gonna, know come on pick it up pick it up here we go well that's one thing that's why bell and them said to me even after the reading they were mm. all proud of me for going there because i talked about a death and then mm. this other thing and the people were crying which death uh this ex-boyfriend i had who died oh the one that 400 pound guy. Oh, no, that's the ex-husband. I, all my boyfriends are dead. Oh. It's Jimmy has the best life ever because I say, you know, mm-hmm. they should call my thing the deadliest snatch because everybody I fuck dies. So, what, so a 400 pounder, did you just yeah, say? Yeah, he fucking bit the dust about seven years ago when I was in rehab for fatness and he died from fatness. Ugh. So it was like a sign, you know, to really work How on myself. How do fat people fuck? Uh, horribly. I mean, it, it's not fun to crawl on top of that thing. 400 is a lot. That's I mean, a lot. Yeah, no shit. I just always wonder how you lay in bed together and not think just you be just, like, oh, what are you? Yeah, you get on top and you do what you, you try can. try to find what you can. You do what you can. It's very difficult. <laughs> now, see, <laughs> I've had people write me emails and say, you know, quit saying you're fat because you're not and you're offending fat people. What? Yeah, because I'm always complaining about my weight. But, but, but they, you're allowed. Your pain is your pain, as they no, say. No, I know, but I, got, I literally got a, a letter from an overweight fan and said, right. just stop stop doing that, because some of us really are fat, and you know, you're making us mad. Yeah, but what's what's her place to tell you what to feel? Well, no, I think she's right on some level. Well, but you're not fat, clearly. Thank but you. if you have that for. issue- That was okay. always looking for. I, <laughs> you know what's you. funny? We're done, I guess. No, <laughs> yeah, really, now yeah. you've gotten your therapy. It's fine. But yeah, it's very, uh, it's hard to show those things about yourself. And then that's what Alan said to me after reading. He goes, you know, you need to pause more after the, where you don't get a laugh because those are the lines. That's the that, trickiest thing to learn oh, when I you know. do theater. I know. Is as a comic not to fill that like, huh? What? Yeah. You yeah. know, like that silence comes and your first thing is like, oh, they're not laughing. They're judging. They're, yes. you know. And you start and you, tap dancing. Oh, sure. Because you don't want to fall asleep in front of your parents. Exactly. Shit. I blame Gloria and Leonard. All right. Lamp. Well, now we've, uh, we, we, we've, we've gotten to the core of it. We're hot. Lisa's tits are sweating. <laughs> we got cigars going. It was great talking to you. Oh, this is a good cigar, by the way. Well, thank you. And thank and you. Thank you for chatting with me. Oh, you're the best. Well, that's it. That's our show. She wasn't that bad at all, huh? You surprised the queen of mean, such a, a thoughtful, energetic, nice, sweet person. Huh? What do you think of that? Uh, I love talking to Lisa, and I'm I'm very grateful that you're all listening to my show. I'd be very grateful if you go to WTFPod.com and get on the mailing list. Perhaps make a donation. Perhaps buy a mug, a t-shirt, a poster. Maybe uh, maybe I'll put buttons up there. I'm going to have a lot of buttons on my hands soon. 
Yes, go there and do that. You can get the apps. You can check the episode guide. You can see what is up and what who has been on and who hasn't been on. There are pictures or things. I put the blog up every week. I put uh, little videotapes up there. I'm trying to make it a place for us to hang out. Can we do that, please? Can we go to WTFPod.com and hang out? Can we? Can we? Can you get an app, please? Would anybody like an app? Who ordered an app? Oh, fuck. Ugh. All right. I'm done. I'm done.